I'm going to put my Fanatic headband on to make me at least a little bit happy. Yeah, you need that because we're, uh, what are we, like 25, 6, whatever? We're less than a month away. We'll say that from uh, pictures and catches away from the start of spring training. So, 24. 24 days. And uh, yeah, uh, we need it because um, let, let's just, let's just, let, let's just put this out up front. The, um, as we as we all expected, the Eagles got bounced out of the playoffs very early. Um, we you and I we knew that was coming. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- it wasn't it wasn't a shock. Um, it was a shock on how it happened, and that's what sucks. Um, not not even that. No, it, it, to me, uh, at least not to me. I say so, on the score, the score. Anyway, I say like that the, was the, not the, a- the thirty the thirty two to nine felt like a fifty to nothing to me, and I thought that was at least. I honestly thought that game would have been. A touchdown or ten points was not a shock to me. I literally told one of my coworkers is a huge Bucks fan, and was debating on whether or not she should mess with me about the game uh, prior to the game. She's like, I don't even know. She can't, she goes, honestly, I want to I want to talk trash, but I don't know if I should considering your current mental state. And I was like, dude, I said, congratulations on the bye week. You won the NFC South, and you got a bye week in the first round of the playoffs. What more? How, how better could it work out for you? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, we talked about it. Um, we talked about it a little bit as the season was winding down, and we had said at one point we said, "Man, it would take an epic collapse for the Eagles not to finish with the number two or three seed." And holy shit, did we see an epic collapse? Oh, the worst. Yeah. Collapsed since the 1986 Jets. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, actually, you know what? Um, and I'll, 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 I'll baseball term it. Um, let's go back to the 2007 New York Mets. Yeah, and you the know. 2008 New York Mets and the 2009 New York. Mets. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's um, it was crazy. And look, we talked about this uh, just over mid- the midway point when they were. Um, Riding high, ten and one, um, you know that that Jets loss withheld there. Um, those wins, for the most part, were ugly, and mm-hmm. everything about the season felt ugly. And it was just, you know, at some point you felt like the wheels were going to come off, but you also felt like, you know, what they've won ugly games, are going to keep winning ugly games. You know, that's kind of how I felt about it. Uh, I didn't think there would be that complete just nosedive into a black hole. And, you know, now I have a feeling that they're not going to win more than four games next year. Like, that's where I'm at. I know that's bad to say, but it's it just it's that awful. I Now, see, I'm – man, I've gone back and forth with it. Um, I'm not quite as pessimistic as you about next season – Pending what they do going forward. Um, news broke today. Sean Desai fired Matt Patricia, no longer with the organization. Good. So well, that's, that's, that's in the right a, direction. Yeah. And that's that's um, the whole Matt Patricia thing from the start was an absolute joke. Yeah. Um, so, so good riddance. Now, uh, Brian Johnson's still with the team. Simple reason for that is he's getting interviews and the Eagles stand to get compensation in the form of third round picks this year and next year from whoever signs him. Um, and he's been, apparently was getting looks as at, at offense coordinator and head coach last year. So 
this is just a continuation of that. Um, I'm just curious as to who in the right mind would say, oh, you know what? This is going to work. <laughs> they're putting it on Nick. The So here's the deal. Fair enough. The word from the league is that Brian Johnson is still a highly regarded quarterback whisperer um, for the work he did in Shane Steichen's offense mm. in 2022 with Jalen Hurts, turning him into an MVP candidate. What they're saying about him now is that he could be kind of like what we talked about with Nick, where he's a leader of men, but not necessarily a great like offensive mind or defensive mind. Um, he's a leader of men, and he can get through to quarterbacks. Where it kind of falls apart for me is the getting through to quarterbacks and seeing what the regression that um, that Jalen had this year. But that said, I kind of also feel like part of the regression that Jalen had this year was the combination of the lack of a coherent offense from Nick and from Brian Johnson. No one knows for sure how much of that offense was Brian Johnson and how much of that offense was Nick Sirianni. But we can all tell that it wasn't a good offensive scheme, that they're running a high school offense primarily from shotgun. They ran a record 600 and some bubble screens for negative yardage. You know, I saw that. I, I saw that. And it was put in meme form, and I was like, there's no way this is right. And then I did, did the research. I was like, holy crap, this is actually correct. <laughs> when you run 600-plus plays of the same type and it results in negative yardage for the year, you know that what you were doing was doomed to fail from the start. Right. right. You, have enough of a, you have enough of a sample in the first, I don't know, maybe 50 or 100. Right. Think about it this way. If you had a running back, who had more than two games worth of carries. So we'll say 60 carries, right? And they had negative yardage to show for those 60 carries. You're not running that running. That running back's never seeing the field again. No. no. So why is it that an offensive scheme, and I guess you can't really scrap an entire offensive scheme in the middle of a season, kind of like what we saw with the defense, where you can't scrap an entire defensive game plan you know, 10 weeks into a season, 11 weeks into a season and have it make any difference. You're just confusing your players and muddy in the waters. So, you know, they couldn't scrap the offensive game planning, but God, maybe we stop calling bubble screens. Yeah, actually. And it's funny you say that because you played fantasy football uh, about as long as I have. Um, and you typically, you know, you, you, you look at your roster and you always end up with, that running back who has 15 carries for 40 yards uh, or 20 carries for 50 yards. Yeah, there's like really, you know, weird things that you see from time to time. And, you know, anomalies sometimes, and the next week they run out of 100. But then once they start putting together weeks like that, that two, three, four weeks in a row, you know, guess what happens? As you just said, they get replaced. And, you know, then obviously, you know, as a fantasy owner, you get gutted because you're like, oh, I wasted this high draft pick for this. Saying this in the perspective of the Eagles, the fact that they let that go on as long as they did, like mathematically, does not make sense at all. I mean, we've seen football games time and time again, Eagles involved or not. But schemes get changed mid-game sometimes. It just happens. 
but to carry the same crap on all season long and have no results. Right. I don't know. And that, and that to me is like, okay, where do you go from that? Is like, is that Sirianni not showing accountability? Is that Brian Johnson just being a complete dumpster fire from coach coordinator? Um, what's going on here? Like, you know, is, 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 is Jalen being a, a pill here with certain things? I, I honestly, so here's the thing. I don't think that this, uh, some of it falls on Jalen, but you and I both watched, I mean, I watched every game this year. The only thing that I really saw, so Jalen wasn't, they weren't running enough routes where it was a quick developing play. They were running so much just vertical offense or a bubble screen. And so they weren't giving Jalen the looks that he needed as far as wide receiver routes. They weren't doing a quick slants over the middle like they were last year. You know, A.J. Brown on a quick slant across the middle or even two crossing routes, you know, where they're kind of bumping the – you know, you can't run a pick, but bumping right. the coverage off or confusing his own coverage, stuff like that. Like, they weren't doing enough of that. They didn't have any motion pre-snap. Um, what you saw was what you got. And they were, as usual for an Eagles offense, they were abandoning the run. Yeah, which – oh, would, God – uh, it just it no. pains me. Like they just could not commit, and we had DeAndre Swift looking like you know, Mr. Superstar, Pro Bowl MVP almost, with a couple of solid, very solid games early in the season, running through everybody, right? And then just can't commit to the run. And what's even crazy to me, like I just boggles my mind, is what they when they would commit to the run, it's like, eh, let's just give it the game well. Right. Yeah, let's right. just, you know what? Let's, uh, we'll change the pace of Boston Scott. Like, they weren't even giving Swift any opportunity. Now, granted, look, I know Swift has a high history of injury. Uh, we know that. That's, that's just how he is. However, as far as I could tell, he was healthy as all get out. And let's not even get started on Rashad Penny, who they signed to did absolutely say. nothing with. Fucking Rashad Penny. Like, you have a bruiser, basically, who's a known force. And again, could to me should have been your number two to Swift, but that's neither here nor there. And um, you did nothing with him all season, right? He just rotted. It's like you, you, you basically kept him on your bench. You put him in, you know, yeah, he was doing some special team stuff, whatever. But you kept him on your bench to just keep him from the other team. And it's like, what are you doing? Such a waste. I just yeah, there was so much wasted potential on this team overall. Um, so here, here's something interesting because because we're railing on the offense. The offense was a huge problem, but obviously the bigger issue was the defense. Um, yeah. And here's an interesting fact that just came up recently. Per TJ Edwards himself, the Eagles never offered him a contract. <laughs> of course not. So let's talk about let's talk about TJ Edwards for a minute. TJ Edwards, undrafted free agent linebacker. The Eagles got him. No one saw anything in this guy. And the Eagles took him and developed him into a Pro Bowl, all-pro linebacker. He was second in the league in tackles this year for the Chicago Bears. Did not offer him a fucking contract. Let that sink in for a minute. And that's sick. You know, everybody loves... Uh, Reed Blankenship. Well, not so much anymore because because he kind of faded down the stretch. But think about it this way. He was the only fucking defensive back who played 
pretty much every game. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm not too upset with with Reed Blankenship. I think once we get a, a a good coordinator in there, he'll be fine. But everybody was was kind of like in love with him. This was he was Reed Blankenship before Reed Blankenship was Reed Blankenship, and the Eagles just let him go for nothing. Stupid. You you go out, you get a defensive coordinator who doesn't pressure. You're running this same Vic Fangio fucking defense. And what did that do for you in the Super Bowl? Do we remember? Uh, well, we didn't win. And yeah. um, that's and what I remember. Vic Fangio was was a special consultant in that Super Bowl, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I thought. So, um, you know, you've got this defense that if it's if the personnel is utilized correctly, they should be going, they should be getting home. But you've got linebackers drop. You've got Hassan Reddick, an edge fucking rusher, dropping back in pass coverage. You've got James Bradbury, who Jesus, he should not have been on the field anymore. No, oh, there no. should have been a point where you had seen enough and you bench his ass. I don't care how much he's making. He was not the best option for the for this team. He was not. He should have been on the bench. You have so many rookies, rookie corners, and and young corners. And defensive backs that you could have put in his place, there was no reason for him to be on the field anymore. Sidney Brown was a bright spot, and he ends up blowing out his knee on that fucking Meadowlands turf. Yep. Yep. You know, like there's just Jesus, there were so many issues with this defense. First and foremost, the whole not utilizing your uh your personnel to their proper potential, not building the system around what you have in the house making squeezing square pegs in the round holes to try to fit your system and that's not how you run a defense in the nfl you can't do it and what was their one to me strength at least somewhat early on and then the wheels started coming off the bus my god they just could not stop the run at all particularly toward the end arizona to me that game will stick in my head because James Connor and that crew made them just look silly. Mm-hmm. And it was like any high school in America probably could have held, you know, the Cardinals to less yards on the ground. Yeah. Kyler Murray was made to look like an MVP. It was ridiculous. And I think you, I think we all knew well before that point, but to me, it was like, my God, this is why they should take their playoffs by the way. Yeah. Like, well, and the problem going to get absolutely smoked. And I didn't really think the game against the Buccaneers was going to be a smoke game, just for the sheer fact that the Buccaneers were not known. You know, well, let's not kid ourselves here. I love Mike Evans, uh, like Rashad White. I think they've got some some good talent there. Um, but you're still running Baker Mayfield here, so it's like you're 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 going to win based off defense and 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 maybe two three touchdown type things. Not that thirty two to nine shellacking. I didn't. I honestly didn't think that was going to happen. No, I was I was fairly certain that was going to happen. My my biggest thing too was, like you said, the, the the run defense, which again the defense had become so simplified between switching from Desai to Patricia. Which look, I agreed with the switch to Patricia sim- at the time simply because uh, I couldn't get any worse. Right? Well, holy shit! Was oh. I? I was 100% wrong, and I apologize to Sean Desai. You know, maybe he should have gotten a better shake, but at the end of the day, 
they had to do something on that defense and they couldn't replace every player. And he apparently wasn't willing to, to change his tactics. So they did what they thought they should do. They used Matt Patricia, who again has failed everywhere he's been, except for when he was being carried by the Bill Belichick defense, um, which by the way, remember the, uh, the Super Bowl that, that uh, the Eagles won where they played against the Patriots and, it was a record number of offense overall because Nick Foles dominated them, dominated yeah. that defense. Yep. And it was, uh, you know, that was led by Matt Patricia. Yeah. So yeah. we should have known. Oh, I think we did know. And that was the, that was the, the ultimate problem. Plus the other thing too, and um, you, you know, uh, we talk about clubhouse guys Um. Not only that was he was kind of a, a poison pill in that regard too because you already had a history with Darius Slay, you had some some other known things going on. So not only the fact that you don't know what you're doing, now you're like screwing up, you know, the mentality of other guys that are already in the room. Right. And it just makes it that much worse, you know. Right. And um, I, you know, I'm not going to speak to his his play and the the subsequent. You know, I'm going to get the surgery at this point in time and come back for the last game of the season, blah, 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 whatever. But you're still, you know, screwing with the mental state at this point of a player or multiple players because now you're in that position of power when it's like they're already questioning why you brought it in the first place. Yeah. And now you're basically saying, no, you know what? Yeah, you're in charge of the defense. All good. Like, come on. Like, yeah, man. It, it... It's a damn joke. And uh, you and you and I have texted about this, though. I, I do want to bring up this point, and I think we're in agreement here. And I'm just curious to see, like, how far you're, um, how far you're willing to go with it, so to speak. So, um, it appears that they'll clean house. Uh, they've already started doing that defensively, and I think we're going to see that on the other side too. Um, however, uh, Sirianni is still going to be the man for next year. Mm -hmm. But how much of a leash? Does he get? Because now he's on the hot seat. I think it's really going to depend on number one, what the team looks like going into week one, health wise. It's going to depend on how healthy they stay throughout the season. And at, I would say, at the midpoint, midway point of the season, where they're trending. Okay. If they're trending towards a playoff spot and they look like they fixed some of the issues that have plagued them this year, I think his seat tends to cool or starts to cool down considerably. If they're kind of wavering a little bit and they're just getting middling returns at that point, I think the heat's turned up. And I think it would depend on. How they finish out the season, whether or not he finishes the season as the head coach. Yeah, I think that's it's a fair point. Wrong. I think uh, I think you're right. I think if uh, I think that's exactly the way to look at it. If they are trending toward a playoff spot, I think he does finish up through. And because at this point, if you look at it that way, if they do uh, have some uh, level of success under his leadership, um, and they do end up with a playoff spot, regardless of how far they get in the playoffs, obviously that's not all on him then okay my thing is though is you 
come out of the gates and let's say you drop the first four games of the season and they're ugly, he's out the door to me. Oh, I could see, I could see that. And especially what's going to be especially telling is who comes in as the offensive defensive coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think uh, you made a point to me on this one. This makes a lot of sense. If you want to uh, kind of uh, spread yeah. that knowledge to the masses. Yeah. So, I mean, look at it this way. This season, they weren't afraid to hedge their bets at defensive coordinator and have Patricia there as a backup. So when you look at your offensive and defensive coordinators, essentially, what are they? Well, if you're off, if your head coach is sick or has, you know, has to miss a game or get suspended, you either, either your offensive coordinator or your defense coordinator steps up as your de facto head coach. Well, four games into the season, or, or before they, I mean, before they hide, before they even start the season, look at who your head coach and defensive, or your defense coordinator, your offensive coordinator are. My bet is one of them is going to be an experienced, prior, former head coach or head coaching candidate, and then he's going to come in here. And if Nick, like you said, if Nick completes completely shits the bed and they start off zero and four, he's gone. So you're telling me they're going to bring in Rich Cotite? If they bring back Rich Cotite, <laughs> I'll only be okay with it if, like, I get to date his daughter. <laughs> like, aside from that, no. No Cotites need to be anywhere near Philadelphia. They're not even allowed in, in the tri-state area. They got to stay out of the Delaware Valley. If they come into the Delaware Valley, they immediately get sent to, like, Costa Rica or something. <laughs> like just deported. Just you're going. Bye. Or no, we can send, uh, them, send them back to Cleveland. The uh, it was funny. I'm thinking of like you say that like head coach, you know, uh, history things, and and it just reminded. I don't know why the, these names popped in my head. Um, but uh, I I I I think of like ex people, and I was like Wade Phillips. The Dallas guy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like you know, you know, he's still he's still around, right? He's he's now yeah. in the. So we're, we're we're going to be doing a full blown. That's why I like to do little teasers like this. We will do a full blown uh, jelts on the United Football League because we have done some XFL stuff before yeah. on our um, on our noise brigade. You know, back back in the day. So we have to do a a, a spring football league episode centric one here. Uh, realizing that it's it's Philly sports podcast based, but and um, we'll talk about how the Philadelphia Stars no longer exist. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Hey, but I really, I really wonder though, in, in the terms of what you say though about the Eagles pulling these possible ex head coaches in, how far that goes as far as who they're really looking at. Um, so you know. real quick, I, I got to interrupt you because now because something just sprung through my head when you mentioned that. Where's Blob? Oh, that's right. What did they do with Blob? Oh my God! Is he gonna wait? So is he gonna pull a Yupi and go from the Stars to the Flyers? Because no. remember when when the, when Yupi used to be the Expos mascot. And now he's with the Canadians. That's possible, but the Flyers already have Gritty. I mean, yeah, but fucking think about that. Blob and Gritty in the same fucking stadium. That's a good point. That's a good point. And Gritty could fucking train Blob. They're both orange. 
Yeah. That's a good so, point. Mm. All right. Sorry. But yeah, no, that was so, good. That was good. That was, that was, that was a good, uh, that was, yeah, I like that one. Hmm. Uh, no, but I mean, I'm curious. So like how far do they go? Do they, they obviously you're looking at people that have, have, have had levels of success, uh, particularly, you know, playoff experience because look, let's not get ourselves here. The Eagles are still one year removed from uh, Super Bowl being the NFC champions, um, whatever. Uh, so you're not obviously going to go, with inexperience you're, you're looking at top flight guys here but i am curious like how far out of the bounds do they go you know and i know we have names being tossed around that i don't want any part of but you know jim bob cooter well you know <laughs> i dude i look he may be a great offensive coordinator a good up-and-coming coach I can't have a coach on the Philadelphia Eagles be named Jim Bob Cooter. I would have thought that guy would have been the next head coach of Alabama after Nick Saban retired, but man, right? It would have made the thinking, most sense. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Alabama or Arkansas. One of those. One of those hick ass colleges. <laughs> you know? He's he's Indianapolis right now. He's with Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, so that could be a, a way they look. Um, I could see. Frank Reich being brought in as a not necessarily an offensive coordinator, but an offensive quality control coach and yeah. or a an offensive uh consultant. Frank Reich was like my first choice, honestly. And honestly, he's not I don't I don't want him. Um I don't want him on this staff with the possibility i don't want him to be the offensive coordinator maybe offensive coordinator but i don't want him to be like the the in case of emergency this is our head coach that makes That's a lot of sense yeah I, I see that right i i i want the um the expertise yes um but i don't know that i agree with, i agree with that it's like i don't think he'd be the next guy that i would say you know what nick you're out frank you're in i yeah, I don't I don't see that either. So that would be my concern with him. Um I kind of as far as defensive coordinator, I kind of wanted Wink Martindale, the former Giants defensive coordinator. But looking at their numbers and where they were this season, I think we kind of have a different view of them because the Giants always play the Eagles tough. And all season, pretty much all any of us wanted was to have an aggressive defense and to see the sack numbers go up and see the blitzes return to the defense, which that's, you know, we, we didn't really blitz much under Gannon, but we had a league leading 70 sacks. Right. So, you know, the defensive minded folks among us were seeing his defense and like, Oh man, I kind of like that defense. It's an aggressive ass defense. They really get after the quarterback, but at the same time, they were only number. We were number thirty in points allowed per year or this past season. They were twenty six. Yeah, that's not much um, of a. Now I don't think that the talent matches up the same as far as our front four and their front four, but the rest of the defense, I feel like they kind of. They had a better, they had better linebacker linebacking core than we did. Um, 
and I feel like their de- their defensive backs were probably a little bit better than ours. Um, if for no other reason than they were healthy and they were playing with what, if I remember correctly, they played with pretty much the same defensive backs all year. Yeah, that, that that's the thing too. It's like they there was consistency there. Right, you know, which the Eagles did not have, particularly right. in both obviously linebackers and DBs. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I'm I'm I am just kind of curious as to see how this all shakes out. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I I will remain glass half empty on this one because of the way the season ended. It was that bad. Uh, they honestly probably shouldn't even won the one game against the Giants that they did. No, um, no, they shouldn't. You know, so it very well could have been just this complete train wreck of losing all these games in a row um, instead of just barely winning the one. Uh, that's why I think I feel like either way I do. Um, and, and I hate this. Watching the end of the Buccaneers game, and as long as we've recorded uh, our sports stuff here, whether it's on Jelts here or the stuff we did on our Noise Brigade stuff years ago, um, I was always in Jalen's corner. You know that from day one. Yeah. Um, when we did a very early episode that involved an Eagle season preview, and I was all gung ho about making sure that Jalen was the man. And boy, did he prove me right for the last two, three football seasons. And then um, watching the Buccaneers game, I was like, crap. Like, not only do I want these coordinators gone, and I'm also like in the camp of. Sirianni, you're out the door. Now it's like, is Jalen the right guy? And it, I hated even think that. But it just, but but seeing the way things fell apart, it's like, my God, is there anyone that can make a correct football decision here? So, and here's here's the thing with Jalen. I think by the end of the season, Jalen was questioning if he looked at his right hand, if it was really his right hand. I think that the failures of the offensive staff and the failures of the offense made him second guess everything. Mm. The point where he was just, he didn't know what to do. They had him so screwed up in the head. And yeah, some of the blame lays at his feet. But this season, by and large, I say not on him. Um, I mean, hell, a lot of the interceptions that he had. If you look back, were balls that either should have been caught by the offense, or the receiver didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and turned the uh, turned the wrong way on the route. Yeah, and I remember specifically in that the first Bucks game with uh, Dallas Goddard, where he should have been there to catch the ball, but he slipped and fell, and because he slipped and fell, he wasn't there to catch the ball. The Bucks receiver was there. And you know, that's not it. That doesn't end up being an interception if if Dallas can keep his his footing. And I'm not saying you know I'm not blaming Dallas for that either. It was a sh- the 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 field was shitty, um, but there was a lot of that this year, and there was a lot of stuff like you know they always say that the best teams in the league are the lucky teams because it's better to be lucky than good. And I feel like we're in 2022. Every single break that could have gone the Eagles' way went the Eagles' way, with right. the exception of the Super Bowl. Um, 
This year was the complete opposite. This was course correction by by luck, karma, whatever you want to call it, at its finest. Yeah, that's every single thing that could go wrong, every bounce that could go against the Eagles went against the Eagles. That's a fair point. And I'm not talking about refs. I'm not saying like, oh, the, the league was out to get the Eagles. No, it, it's not that at all. No, it was no. just like the universe was out. Yeah, to yeah. I, I think we could have that conversation if it was like a game or two. Right. Like, oh, it's got to be the refs. Got to be the refs. Right, right. No, this was obviously not that. Yeah. Um, now it's funny though. Um, watching the Bills Chiefs game tonight, um, and uh, really, really like uh, the Bills slot receiver uh, Khalil Shakir. Um, really think so. Anyway, they uh, they run uh, several similar plays with him that are akin to what the Eagles try to do with these different screens and whatever. And it's it's just nothing's going on. But it made me think, though, uh, looking at the Eagles receiving core with uh, AJ Devontae, uh, Goddard at tight end. You know your 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 big three there. I, well, yeah. but I mean, it it, it obviously um, Julio Jones is done, um, and then uh, you have Quez and Zacchaeus, whatever. I, obviously, no no one else really you know sparks interest. I would love just a good middle slot quick man. Um, I think that would work really well with Jalen. Um, How do you feel about T. Higgins? Oh, dude, give me T all day long. Cause that's the rumor I'm hearing. Really? Mm-hmm. I like that one. Um, be, I mean, they need it. They need it bad. Devontae's a great deep threat, and Devontae's a great, you know, side route twenty yarder guy. Uh, whatever. AJ's AJ. He's going to catch everything, no matter where he's out on the field. Um, you know, this is the way he's is and built. Everyone else, as far unless you're Dallas Goddard catching your tight end, whatever stuff, um, receiver wise, is nothing to me for the Eagles. So you need that guy that's going to consistently catch the ball at that eight to ten yard mark. You know, just somebody. You know, I I, I would love to uh, obviously. You know, recreate a a Wes Welker or you know one of those types. They can just catch everything, and uh, it always seemed to me that like the best teams always had a guy like that. I watched that with the Bills tonight, even though they lost. Um, but I see that with a lot of good teams, and it's like, man, we need someone like that. I'm so. Let me ask you this, and this is this is super hypothetical, and and and. I feel like there's no way in hell this happens. But how do you feel about the Eagles trading a Dallas Goddard or another one of your offensive weapons to snag an extra one, an extra number one pick, you know, or even if it's a next next year's one and mm-hmm. or some sort of package and getting – Making it a situation where not only could you address your defensive backfield in the first round, but you could snag Brock Bowers. Oh well, that would be ridiculous. I would, I would love it. I would love to take somebody that was, you know, young and like him. Because I mean, look, it'd be let's, crazy. But let's be real here. I don't think there's a chance in hell that happens. I think Bowers is going to go probably definitely top 10, possibly top six. Um, 
But I just that skill set in this offense, if you could manage to keep Devontae and AJ, say we don't get we don't get Higgins, but think about Devontae Smith and AJ Brown lining up on the outside and then splitting out Brock Bowers and having Dallas Goddard as your safety valve. Oh, that'd be amazing. It would be amazing. Now, here's the scary thing, though, thinking about this year's draft, and we will do a, a more of a deep dive into the NFL draft, which we always do. Um, the Bears, who lucked out like the most insane ever, they've got to go Harrison, right? You would think. I mean, that's the thing that I wonder. It's like, so they grab Harrison, and uh, you already have DJ Moore. And you've got Justin Fields, who's really starting to come into his own as long as he can stay healthy and on the field. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, Harrison, if <laughs> better college career than his dad, but if he's even anywhere near his dad professionally, he's going to be leading the league in receptions and yards next year. Well, let's see if he can stay away the gu- from the guns, unlike his dad. Mm. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so before we, um, we we close out just on all negative with the Eagles, and we'll see where that goes. And we, we will do our season preview at some point, obviously, um, as the year progresses. And uh, we dig into the schedule, and we'll see what happens in the offseason, whatever. Uh, we do need to talk about the fact that the Flyers are uh, second <laughs> in, the, in the division right now, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, Flyers are second in the Metropolitan Division. They've got, um, I think, the Rangers have are ahead of them by like two points. Last I yeah. looked, but they've also yep. got a couple games in hand. Um, now the Flyers are actually coming off of a, um, is it a two game losing streak? Yeah, two game two game losing streak after winning five in a row. Um, the f- dude, ha- did you see the Owen Tippett goal? From the other uh, I did not. Holy shit. You need to when we get at when we get off of the air, you need to look up just all you have to do is go to Google and type in Owen Tippett goal, and it'll fucking bring it up for you. And uh, I'll have to check it out. He 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 gets the puck, skates into the zone on the breakaway, does a spinorama, and at the end of the spinorama, he lifts the puck. And just lofts it into the net over the goalie shoulder. It was fucking insane. And Sorry, this is the guy. I, this is one of the guys we got in the in return for uh, Claude Giroux. Okay, okay. So, it's, oh my god, it's a thing of beauty. I'm. Uh, I just. I, I just flipped it on right now, real quick. I'm. Uh, I'm checking this out. Uh, wow. That, Holy crap. Right? That's awesome. Right. Like it's he just completely crazy. backhanded, spun it and backhanded it in there and carried it with that's crazy. Yeah. He gets the toe right on toe to stick right under it and just kind of like whoop. That's crazy. So that's this is and oh, and the flyer they finally named their captain. Travis Konechny is TK himself, number eleven, is the captain. 
So, you know, we're we're finally rolling. Um, again, you know, it's it, we came off a five-game win streak. We lost two in a row now. Not even close. Well, this game, tonight's game was close. Um, but we had a 3-1 lead at one point today and ended up losing 5-4. So, you know, not, not a great game. Um, the game before last, we got shelled. It was like 7-2. Uh, Carter Hart got pulled from the game. Owen Tibbet was hurt in that game. So I got to look and see uh, how everybody's feeling today. But, um, but you know, they, they've had their ups and downs. But, dude, Torts has them rolling. He's got them playing really well. Still not, you know, the, the rebuild isn't over just because they're they're, But they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. And once you get in into the NHL playoffs, man, once you get in, anything can happen. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, other thing, too, we, we'll just uh, quickly just kind of uh, brush on this. The Sixers are third in the Eastern Conference, 28-13, um, just behind the Celtics and the Bucks. You know, so it, look, it's not like everything's completely piss poor right now in Philadelphia sports land. Right. Um, you know, Flyers, the Sixers. Indeed. Oh, he's ridiculous. Shit. He, he is, is ridiculous. taking his game to a whole nother. You know, he was an MVP when he wasn't playing like this. So <laughs> yeah. If he can play, like, this just shows that the, the, the idea of addition through subtraction is real. You yeah. took James Harden off of this team. And holy shit, has Embiid just taken off? Yeah, I've watched a little bit this year. Not a lot. I'm not a big NBA guy, but um, I do flick on um, the Sixers whenever I do have that TV access. And my goodness, yeah, he's just ridiculous. Yeah, every every sense of the word. Um, and uh, no, um, we we opened up with a little conversation. The Phils are a month away, or a little less than a month away from uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. Um. Look, there was no major moves made as far as anything new. Uh, the re-signed, the re-signed. We'll, we'll get into this as um, you know, spring training starts to come closer, and and then really, you know, maybe maybe it was the moves they didn't make that worked out. Um, you know, and I think we all fantasized about you know, oh yeah, maybe they can do Otani and they can do this and they can do that. Maybe this is just what they needed to do and not making anything. The only thing that's going to really make the sheer difference for them, into my eyes, are two things. One, young guys uh, continuing to improve and continuing to step up, and that's not including who's already on the team, uh, possibly some uh, additions from the minors. And two, I just want to see a nice, full, healthy season of Harper. Yeah. I think if we get that, this team's – Winning more ball games than they won the last two seasons. Hey, who did uh, who did Shoto end up signing with? Uh, Is he still floating out there? Because that could be the one big addition. Um, next to obviously, I mean, the biggest biggest news of this off season, as we all know is that Scott Kingery's back in camp on a non roster tryout. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the end of the day. Here's the thing. The Kingery thing didn't work out, but at the end of the day, you had a utility guy on your team that you traded for the Pirates for named Rodolfo Castro last year, and you're telling me that couldn't have been Kingery at least? Right. Give me a break. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's to me, that's end up going to be his spot if yeah. he makes the team. I mean, you know. Um, because he, I, I believe everyone's coming back, really, for the most part. I don't. Yeah, aside I mean, from 
uh, Reese. Yeah, well, yeah, we know that one, but he wasn't really there last year, so. Yeah, it's true. Um, um, but yeah, that's I, honestly, I think you're right. I think it's it's going to fall to the development. Uh, hopefully, no no major injuries. Um, pitching staff, I think SI has us rated as like either somewhere in the top three. I believe pitching staffs in a league. Some outlets have us as the number one pitching staff in the league. Uh, so, you know, it's really uh, it's there. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll and we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely that's going to be a little uh, you know a little teaser. We'll we'll definitely do that one up. Um, and uh, you know, there's still some time. Maybe they, maybe yeah. they do make a move. So, yeah. anyhow, well, you know what the best thing though about last weekend was. Oh, absolutely. The fucking Cowboys got knocked in their asses, too, because they're bitches. <laughs> <laughs>